0: Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels, and welcome to my podcast. This is Q&A number 147, and it is June the 6th of 2023. Today, I'd like to welcome a new member, Jose from Florida. We don't get too many men in the group, so it's always great to get a young man or men that also uh, compete in our barrel racing industry to join the group, so that's awesome. Um, first of all, I would like to uh share a little story with you guys. I often don't look at my phone, my cell phone after like eight o'clock at night, because it kind of affects my sleep at night if I get any kind of stressful or bad news or anything. So I tend to just wake up at five in the morning and look at it after I say a little prayer and make some coffee and then tend to look at it then. Well, I woke up Sunday morning to a couple of really stressful messages, you know, one which I mentioned in the group of a rider and her horse that went down and one had to go to the ambulance and then another one of a horse that got hurt and it always breaks my heart to hear that. So today's topic I'm going to go ahead and talk about um, because of that and because, you know, what people have to go through to come back from from injuries during competition. So the topic today is going to be about fear and competition. I just want to touch on that because anybody that's been in this industry long enough has come off a horse or had a horse get hurt, um, whether it be riding or in competition. So I just want to talk about that. We all know that majority of people on the social internet, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, we always just share our happiest stories for the most part because those are the stories we want to celebrate and our victories and and things that we're happy or excited about. We want other people to celebrate with you. That keeps us positive and keeps us going. So often we don't share the things that are difficult in your day when things are breaking or a horse or an animal is sick or hurt or or you're hurt or sick you know, those things we tend to keep a little closer to the vest and, and keep it a little bit more to ourselves. A lot of times some people share, but majority of people just try to keep most of that to themselves. So, um, so I just want to touch on that base because I know everybody deals with it and I just don't want you to feel like you're alone. Um, you know, it is really important, um, that we, uh, believe in ourselves. Um, you know the doubt can be very devastating to your success um it's the the true saying of if you believe you can do it you can but if you believe you cannot do it you cannot and it truly does come down to to believing that you can versus believing that you can't so um so i want to talk about this story today just because you know, it is, it is um, a situation where you can't be competitive and run with fear, fear. but I'll get into that as we go. Um, I do think visualizing helps a lot. And We had one member this week uh, shave and ha- time off her run and have a personal best just by visualizing her run um, before her run and what she wanted to change and get done, and she went out there and did it. So visualizing really can help especially if you're going to a new arena. Um, But you also need to know your horses. Sometimes some horses just can't go cold turkey, especially if it's their first time somewhere, or you just got to know your horse. If you know your horse does well in that rodeo type atmosphere where they can just enter and and run well without ever being in an arena or seeing it, then that's, that's good. But if you have a situation where you have a horse that you know doesn't do as well in a new arena, you better get there early or make time to get there on a practice night or exhibition or something if you want to do well. If you just want to pay a lot of money for an exhibition uh, and take your chances, that's fine too. But the point of trying to do your very best is preparing your horse for yes answers and yes outcomes. And sometimes that does involve exhibitions and such up front. So anyways, um, we want to keep lifting up Barbara and Memphis in our prayers. Memphis seems to be doing great. Um, Barbara did break a rib. She is home resting, but keep her in your prayers for her to get better. Um, And then the other person is being kept private upon their request. But just, you know, please lift up everyone. You know, since I started this group, thinking of that in three years, we've had... um, I want to say four, maybe five horses now that have passed away. Um, You know, I I believe one was from a colic, one was from a flood, two were from founder. Um, I think that's it. Um, But it's very heartbreaking for our group um it breaks my heart because I love everybody I love the members I love their horses so it's very hard to go through that but we've also had so many amazing amazing uh wins with our horses were just you know like epiphanies where our connection got better with our horses with our groundwork or horsemanship or our um you know drills or our exhibitions or our competition or our consistency or shaving off time and all of those victories are what we try to focus on but i also um just want you guys to know i know what it's like i lost a horse and two dogs in the last year and it's it's extremely hard there are four-legged family members it's definitely not an easy thing to go through so um So anyways, I'm going to get into the Q&As, and then I'm going to go into the um, topic. And also, I wanted to congratulate the personal best winner for May. I think we had uh, 19 names on the list, and some of you had several personal bests. But Kayla and Lennox here in Florida were your personal best winners for May. We did the Tumblr drawing for the Tumblr challenge for people who sent videos doing a TLC drill for me to critique last month. And Rhonda in Kansas won the first place uh, Tumblr and second place went to Kelly Jones in Florida. So congratulations to you three ladies. And um, just wanted to remind you the challenges for this month um, is write down what you've learned since you've grown, since you've joined TLC, and also write down what your next goals are. If you have a, performance tracker and the back of the performance tracker is a place to write down five things that you've improved on and five new goals. So that'd be a great place to write that down. Um, the skill challenge is riding with, um, no stirrups or bareback to engage your core and get stronger, or you can add Pilates or things like that to get your core strength up. Um, so that's our challenges for June. Not a bad time to do that with bathing seats bathing suit season coming as well but it's always good to work on your fitness because our horses need us to be an athlete just as they are athletes so let's see questions that came in first question was um what's a good my horse my horse needs more bend and flex work what's a good bit to use for um during the week for bend work so for working on lateral bend for your horse um you currently compete in a million dollar bit and a headsetter the headsetter is going to get pressure from the chest around into the bridle and um that's a lot that's a lot of pressure that can make for a stiff turning horse right there so i would try to even compete without the headsetter and just a million dollar bit or a lighter bit with the headsetter instead of both like a lifter bit with the headsetter um or um what i would also do is take all that off during the week, no headsetter, no million dollar bit, and just put on an O-ring, a D-ring, whatever you have um, in your your tack room and some split reins and just work on bending and flexing of the face laterally and also small five and 10 foot circles where you bend the shoulder and the rib cage and ride the hindquarters Um, really just work on your five body parts, your head, the neck, shoulder, rib cage, and hip, and do it all from a lateral bend with the, um, the, uh, the lightest bit you can get away with. So another, um, suggestion would be to use, um, if a ring is not right for your horse or a D ring, you could try a side pull like an S hack or a beetle hack. They are much lighter than like a Jim Warner or something like that, much much milder. Um, The other thing is you could step up to like a junior cow horse, um, junior cow horse with a three-piece dog bone or the uh, professional choice uh, faturity bit with a three-piece dog bone. Some of those are my favorite to do some bend and flex work in. They're way lighter than the million dollar and definitely don't have to worry about mixed signals. You want, you don't want a lot of pressure points. When you have a million dollar bit, you've got pressure coming from the nose, the chin strap, the shank, the mouthpiece, the slide, there's just so many pressure points. And then you add the head sitter, now you've got to come from the chest. So by taking all of that off and just getting to the basics of give and take, you I ask, you give, I release, you want to go to the lightest thing you can do, and if that's a O ring or a junior cow horse, whatever, but go to the lightest thing you can ride in for that. Next question. My horse doesn't want to be touched by a rein cue in the turns, or they will stiffen not and not finish a turn. Or, or um, uh, they also don't like anything on their nose. And but their head can get high. So what can I do? Okay, so that's a tricky one for competition. If you have a horse that doesn't want you to touch them in the turn, that means you need to sit and bump before you get to the barrel. If you need to rate them or shape them. Um, And then leave them alone in the turn and just talk to them and turn your body. um, Look and turn. Look at your spots and then look around. Um, Look for your next barrel. But uh, for the horse that doesn't want anything on their nose band, so you'd want to stay away from any kind of combination bit or tie downs or any martingales um, that have uh, any kind of nose band situation. Um, What you could do you could do uh, in a really light as, bit as possible, and then just a German Martingale with that bit, maybe like a um, just a short shank lifter bit or an um, O-ring lifter bit. I'm just O-ring or a short shank lifter bit, and do that with um, a German Martingale. That might be okay, or the head setter, because that would bring the pressure from from the side or underneath. Um, rather than in their, you know, on their face. Um, But again, you don't want to have to touch them in their turn. So you would want to bump and release. Um, The other thing is I would go back and I would do a lot of drill work during the week, like single barrel on the pattern or D pattern and totally work off eyes, seat and leg and voice. Maybe easy here, that kind of thing. And using your eyes and your shoulders and hips to really ride with your legs Around those turns and such, so that's something else you could do. But um, you know, and if you have to touch them, touch them before you get to the barrel, so you can leave them alone in the turns. So the next question is, how do I get collection or rate one-handed? So I did a little short video in there to show you that how to bring your hand back and sit deep with your seat, and you just do it um, with give and take pressure. So you want to be within an inch from contact. your horse's reins to your horse's bit so um and then that way you only have to move your hand about a half inch to an inch with sitting deeper in the saddle every quarter turn in a circle or maybe every every stride or every other stride with um, a straight line with your horse and that will get you some speed control just by bumping and releasing but you have to use your seat with your hand it has to be very rhythm oriented and you kind of got to Feel the give or feel the rate before you release it or it doesn't mean anything. If you're bumping and they're still running off with you, that's not good or they're still strung out, that's not good. So you have to hold until you feel the chance the transition, the change, and then you can release um, once you feel the shortening of the stride and they're on their hindquarters more and they're still like soft in their shoulder and rib for you, but yet they're yielding their face and coming back to you instead of pushing through you. So, but all that begins in your slow work, getting your face Horse broken the face left, right, and down, getting control of the shoulder and the rib cage, and that all starts at a stand and a walk. You know, you got to master it at a stand and a walk, and then you can do it at a trot. Way before you go doing it at a canter or you know loping anything. So the next question is. Um, When an injury happens at an event, what's the best thing to do? So you really need to have a plan. You should always have a first aid in your trailer for you and your horses. If it's you, obviously, you need to have a friend take your rig with your horses home so that you can get to the hospital. If it's your horse and they come out, if they come out and they're three-legged lame, they cannot bear weight on a leg. Um, I would call a vet right away or get my horse to a hospital if they can be loaded in the trailer right away. You can give them banamine to get them comfortable. Um, You know, you may want to talk to the vet because if the horse is in a lot of pain, they could be going into shock. Um, Their blood pressure could be changing, you know, a lot of those things. And you don't want to just load that horse and take it home because that could be the worst thing for them. So make sure you call the vet. Um, or take them to an equine hospital, whatever the vet recommends once you talk to them on the phone. Um, but the other thing is if they bleed really bad, call your vet right away um, and get medicine right away. You, you'd want to get them on um, SMZ antibiotics and they probably will need 10 to 14 days rest until they heal because they can get an infection of any blood that might pool in their lungs that you can't see that you know comes out. So, um, so that's something to consider as well. If they come out limping bad, then, you know, that might be a situation where, um, I would still call a vet or I would, you know, definitely give them pain medicine and rest them and try to evaluate too. But like, if you see they're non-weight bearing and they're very distressed, you know, breathing or cold or clammy or just anything that doesn't normal, um, immediately call the vet or get them to a hospital because you could lose your horse if you don't, um. The next question, um, oh, that was kind of tied in about if they bleed. Again, um, I use Hiscorbidine by Dynamite. Um, That supports, it's a daily supplement you can put on their feet if you have a bleeder. That will support their blood and lungs. And the controlled, um, excuse me, the concentrated trace minerals that they offer as well works as a natural antibiotic. So both of those together are really good for bleeders. If you want like a natural option to the um, antibiotics that are like the SMZs or whatever. Plus, it's a good supplement that's helpful with the cap- capillary um, of the, the lungs. The, the What am I trying to say? The capillary uh, health health of them. Um, so anyways, let's see if I have any more questions. I'm a little bit tired, you guys. I apologize. I've been doing videos since I have 33 videos on my list. I started doing them on Saturday and I still have like 10 to go I did quite a few Sunday and then um a lot today so I haven't even really posted any of the group because I've been so busy doing them I haven't even shared them yet I've just been sending them to the person the, the 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 member um so, anyways, like I said, I have about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight more to do tomorrow, um, Tuesday. So I just wanted to get this Q and A done tonight. I'm so excited! I sat on Rocky for a whole lesson. Um, I've been riding him, and I'm going to talk about that now that we're getting into the topic of fear and competition. Um, I will say this: you cannot clock at your top level if you're scared or you're fearful. Um, my one friend from Colorado named Lynn, she moved to Texas and she's, you know, passed away since from cancer. So, you know, rest in peace, Lynn. But she used to say, if you're not going fast enough, if you're not scared going to first, you're not going fast enough. I've never felt that way. I've never felt scared to run barrels on my horses. Um, so I don't know that I agree with that saying. I've never felt worried, uh, that I'd get hurt on my horse in competition, but I felt, and I never have, thank God, knock on wood, in competition, I've never been hurt on a horse, maybe my knee cap on a barrel, I did get stitches once in a knee, but that was it, so, um, so I can't say never, but, but, um, but what I can say is that, um, I've gotten scared that my horse would get hurt, so for instance as my mares were aging um you know like briscoe gave me 15 years of competition i've had her since she was three barrel racing her since she was five and um you know the last couple years of competition it would kill me if i made a run that hurt her and crippled her you know because like one time i ran bell and bell bell doesn't know none of my mares know how to go out there and just lope a 40 pattern they're going to go out there and try to run a 1d pattern and you know. They may not be able to co- pull it off at their, you know, older age. They might be 2D or 3D. But one time I ran Bell and she did run in a 2D and then came out and was limping. And it just broke my heart and ended up being a strain to her tendon. But, um, you know, just after a month off, she got better. But I just could never forgive myself with, like, say, Briscoe. I ran her for 15 years. And her last run, I crippled her. So I started to be more cautious if I didn't trust the ground or I didn't want to push her. I'd kind of let her pick the pace. And you will not clock as good if you are being fearful um, for your horse or for yourself. And so um, I guess you have to make that decision. Am I in it to win it or, you know, am I just going to cruise through and just, you know, be careful? And, and, you know, that's just a personal decision everybody needs to make. But I will break it down a little bit more in detail for you guys. Um, I've seen many wrecks over the years and you know and it is scary and oftentimes it was due to ground conditions or horses that might have got strung out or just had a bad step in a turn maybe hit a hole or or misstepped that kind of thing stepped on their own shoe or something like that. Um, But I will say this training client horses for you know, 25 years client horses training, I probably came off maybe five or seven horses over the years. And I was fearful to get back on those horses. Um, you know, if a horse bucks you off, you don't want to get back on them because it's, you know, you're like, I don't want to get bucked off again. That hurts. And these were horses that either, they weren't bucked off like in the colt starting process. These are maybe horses that had some um, issues down deep that showed up later, not necessarily in the round pen, but like in the arena, out on the trail, places like that, where they hurt me, um, and got me off, and, you know, in 25 years, you know, that's five to seven horses, that's not bad, considering how many horses I rode that many years, but, um, you know, if you think about it, the secretary is typing, she might have five typos in a day, well, typos aren't going to hurt you, like, you know, if you have a mistake on a horse, that's certainly going to hurt you. So that's why we have to take certain precautions. So I believe that 99% of the time, you will be safe if you, number one, have a fit horse and you're a fit rider. You're not trying to ride your, yourself in pain or hurt. Your horse isn't in pain or hurt. Um, number two, that you prepare. And by prepare, I mean you, you and your horse are road during the week, you're got good teamwork going. Um, number three, you you read the arena. you know you get there and see what the ground's like. Um, timers, stakes, you know, read the pin as far as where the barrels are. are they on the fence out in the open how the ground looks. maybe even watch a set of horses go before your turn and see what the ground looks like and be like, okay, you know I need to do this, I need to do that. You know, um, you can ride two handed if you're worried about the ground and stand your horse up more instead of going to the horn early and letting them lean or lay down a little bit. Um, You know, the more square you are and the more you keep your horse collected and standing up, the safer they're going to be. So that's the fourth thing to have a plan, have a plan for that, set up that pin. Um, The fifth most important thing is to really know your horse. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, some horses don't do good if they've never been in an arena before. Some, you know, aren't going to handle, you know, performance of a rodeo is good or some can't handle super shows. Um, You know, some horses are going to zig when you zag because of, you know, maybe puddles by the the barrel. Um, There's a lot of things you need to know about your horse before you go in there you know, running full out, um, what your horse may or may not do, you know, whether, like I said, if they're running in the mud or puddles or any of those things, you really got to know your horse, um, and know what feel, when they feel good or when you think they might not and make that decision that, Hey, I'm not running this horse because something doesn't feel right. I've scratched before, you know, and I've had people say, Oh, just give them butte or whatever and run them. And I'm like, Nope, something's not right. I'm not taking that chance. So I would lose an entry fee before I'd just run them. I've scratched if I didn't like the ground. You know, I'm not going to risk one run for my horse's life, you know, balance. So sometimes you can't read the ground, though. Sometimes they will just take a misstep, and that is not your fault. You know, just know that it's not your fault, that sometimes they will slide a leg or not be able to get a front foot out of the way of the back foot in time, you know, or not be able to set a pivot foot you know, on the hindquarters, whatever things happen. Um so for instance, here's a good example. It's not necessarily competition, but it's just getting back on. I have not ridden in a whole year because of my hip and then I had to have surgery and recovery, right? And so I get back to wanting to ride Rocky. I'm gonna start with Rocky before Briscoe because Briscoe's a wild cat and she's big and she's quick. Rocky's little and he's kind of lazy. So and I know him just as good as i know briscoe but i know she can be a handful with time off and i know rocky once i do a couple weeks of groundwork he'll go right back into who he is at least i hope so because he's never had that much time off but i'm hoping all the years i put into him you know he's i think three years of of you know, you know, training, he was going to come right back to him. So, so anyways, um, I lunge him for a couple of weeks and I face flex him on the ground and disengage his hindquarters. I'm ready. He's sacked out. He's doing great. Um, he's listening to his cues. So, but you know, the first ride I was a little nervous, but I exhaled and loosened up my body and I don't want him to feel me be nervous because he might react to that by like, why is my mom nervous? you know but then in Rocky's defense he's probably never felt me sit so balanced matter of fact I had to adjust my stirrups because my legs are even now before they were crooked I had one leg longer than the other in the stirrup so so now they're even so that was nice and um so now I'm more balanced in this saddle and Rocky and I walked the first week and then the second week we added some trotting and and the fear slowly went away every single day that I got on him you know I'm but uh, that very first day, I was nervous. I had to literally exhale a few times to get myself to settle. You know, it didn't help that, you know, people were saying, you know, should you, you know, do you want me to come ride them? Or, you know, my farrier and we were like, you should have someone else ride them first. And, you know, and I'm thinking, man, I just spent $2,500 on my hip. It does. I don't know if I can trust it yet, if it's healed enough. So all these things are going through your head, all the doubts and the what ifs. And you know what? I said, you know what? No. Just go at your pace. When it feels right, do it. Don't do it before it doesn't feel right. So that's what I did for each day. And then finally it felt really right. And then I just keep adding things. And I haven't loped him yet, not because I'm scared of loping, but because he's not strong enough to lope yet, because he's sat off for a year. So I'm doing it in increments. Walking was first, now adding some trotting, longer periods. Today's the first day I sat on him through a whole hour lesson Um, so every time it'll be a little bit more and then you know when I feel he's a little bit more fit trotting We'll add some loping but he is already walk trot canter on the lunge line But that's without the weight of me on his back. So that makes a difference for him So these are all the things so so anyways, the seventh thing I want to talk about is fear versus panic God gives us fear to keep us safe but if you cannot cannot take that fear and exhale it out and be calm about it and be like okay I have fear but let's be rational here I've prepared I've you know I'm ready um I've done everything I can do to make this situation a good situation that is fear that you have acknowledged and you're handling panic is when you cannot think and you are just almost to the point of um dizzy and nauseous and want to throw up and that's a panic mode. Do not try to work a horse when you're in that mode. Get off, hand walk them, lunge them. Don't enter that day, just exhibition longer. Um, You know, do, you don't have to run. When you're in the panic mode, do not enter. Uh, Do not run, do the exhibitions, just ride them around that day, whatever. Go at the increments that your gut tells you, okay, God gave me these feelings for a reason. I'm going to listen to my gut intuition here. So I want to say that because when you get hurt and you're coming back from an injury, um, it's going to take you time to get your confidence. But no human on the earth can tell you it's okay until you can say to yourself it's okay. So do it in ways that get you back. Um and it may mean just riding in the round pin. Maybe it'll be just riding in the arena by yourself. Maybe it will be riding with a friend. Maybe it'll be just hauling to just ride around at a show or just hauling to do slow exhibitions. Maybe the first time you come back you just go 4D. You just want to lope a pretty pattern. You're not going to go fast. And then slowly little light bulbs will go off in you that, you know what? I'm okay. He's okay. She's okay. I'm okay. And you'll start to feel more confident about going a little bit faster. So I just really wanted to touch on that today because I do believe that, You know, what she, my friend said about if you're not going fast, if you're not scared going to first, you're not going fast enough. I don't really believe that. Like most of us are adrenaline junkies. We love to go fast, but I do agree that you're not going to clock if you're not going fast every barrel. There's those few horses. uh, I have, there's like a couple in the group that can kind of ease to first and then pick it up to second, third and home and still clock 1D or 2D like that. You know, and Briscoe could do that. She could float. People would say to me, well, why don't you run her to first like you do second or third? I'm like, "Cause she won't turn that way. But if I ease her to the barrel, she'll still clock. So I've just learned to meet her in the middle. You know, that's knowing your horse. Because don't you think I have tried that? Of course I tried that. You know, and if I would have went to heavier headgear or checking her harder, I would have blown her up. She's a very fractious horse. So again, it comes down to knowing your horse. Bigger headgear or meaner um, or rougher or more, you know, disciplined type things don't always work for some horses. Some of them you got to know that you handle them differently. Putting on heavier equipment or harder, harsher cues is not the answer for every horse. So, so I'm just telling you these stories so that you know that, um, you know you know how they say if you get bucked off, you gotta get back on. I've seen that happen to little kids. I've seen parents put kids on horses that are too much on and scare them to death, they never want to ride again. So that's the worst thing you could do to a kid. Put them on something quiet, go slow, keep it controlled. Try not to get them hurt because if a if a novice rider or a novice child gets hurt. Or scared they're not going to want to do it no more but the thing is is that we love horses and we do something that most people would not do most people are scared to get on a horse, much less go fast on a horse and we actually love it like i can't tell you how happy i was to be not in pain on my horse for one hour sitting and coaching another rider on the back of a horse It is my happy place, and all of you know what that means. You know that that is our therapy. That we do not have to go shopping. We do not have to pay a psychiatrist. We just have to sniff our horses, and that's the best uh, uh, aromatherapy in the world. If we can ride our horses, that's uh, even better than that. So, um, so competition for many is is like that. You know, some of you crave the competition. Like I don't haven't craved it like that in a long time. Be just because I've accepted I'm in a different place right now with my retired horses and Rocky and so my focus is on TLC and coaching right now and never say never that could be down the road but you know what I'm saying when I'm saying that you're driven right now to compete to ride all of that but so what I'm saying is if you feel fear you it's okay to acknowledge it and be all right with it and say okay I'll, I'll take the time it takes and back down until we are both more confident. If you get to a situation where you don't trust the pin or the arena, it's fine to safety up, you know, I'm not saying you should go in there and it to win it every time, especially if it means, you know, you could hurt your horse. There is common sense that I'm talking about here. You should have common sense. But as far as, you know, coming back and getting your confidence or building your horse's confidence, there has to come a time where you're you decide, hey, I'm here to be the best that I can be and I cannot let that affect me. And there is a time and a place for that too. And it does happen. It is like a little light bulb moment. I've seen many women over the years come to me. And the only way that I could get them more confident was through doing activities, groundwork, drills, dry work. And then pretty soon that it's like a dance team, you get more confident with your partner and your dancing gets smoother and more fluid. And pretty soon you don't think about the what ifs or what, you know, you know, what could go wrong. Instead, you're just focused on what's going right. And then you build off that. And that's when speed comes back. And the the speed always comes back with the confidence and the consistency. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there and just say that I really hope each and every one of you enjoy every single day and stay positive and and um, and just find your blessings in every day because life is full of ups and downs. There are days that I wish I just could have an easy button and some days I just wake up and pray, can I just have a peaceful day? uh, That would make me happy. It's a peaceful day. You know, nothing breaking, nothing hurt, nothing going wrong. Everything, you know, just being thankful for just an easy day, right? So um, learn to appreciate that good day, you know, an easy day where things go smooth. Um, Stay focused and stay calm. Stay calm. Whenever things don't go right, just stay focused and calm on the goals that you have and how to purposely go forward with a plan to work through that. Um, That will help you stay positive. It will help you move forward. And you have to let go of the past. You can't hold on to the what ifs and and the blame and and all of that because that's nowhere to be. You know, things happen. Sometimes we can't do anything about it. Sometimes we learn from it. But no matter what, we got to just say, okay, you know, this is where we are and this is where we need to go and focus on that. So so anyhow, I just want to um, leave it there and just say stay in the now and continue to follow your heart and your passion. Thanks for tuning in and as always, ride with heart and God bless.